so Gilgamesh, <laughs> he punches really hard. He's a hard puncher. Yeah. He like, I don't know, babe. Listen, <laughs> I don't know if you get it. His punches, yeah, they're like really hard. They go hard. Yeah. But then, I don't know. That's his superpower. <laughs> who else do you know who punches hard? Superman. One Punch Man. <laughs> Is I'm, he One Punch Man? I'm not into that nerd shit. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> well, speaking of nerd shit, I have a question for you. Uh, shoot. Put yourself in the shoes of our Lord and Savior Thanos. Okay. If you could control the size of our planet, mm-hmm. right? Would you set up like a max limit of people who can live on earth at a time. Like if you, if you're like, Oh, it's 5 billion is the number, but no new births can happen unless there's natural deaths. Would you have that be a rule of law? (laughs) No. Prohibit (laughs) births until. No. So would I snap like Thanos and. Yeah. If you like, just like this is the law and you snap and it's like, no new births will ever happen unless a certain number of people naturally die. That's what I'm saying. Like, you don't have to be the one to kill them. They could die of old age, but until they pass. Why would anyone do that? Because resources. Yeah. Okay. We're, they're limited. We're already at way over max capacity. Can I? Can I? I'm asking, would you partake in the final solution? No. Of no. Thanos? <laughs> no. <Okay>. I explicitly <laughs> no. Okay. Um. Can I ask, as a non-comic book film watcher, yeah, why does he do that? Interesting point that you bring up, and I actually have a point of that to be made in this movie that we're talking about today, which is Eternals. Eternals. So, in the previous Drop Marvel the, hey, movies, babe. huh? Drop the the. It's cleaner it's, that way. It's cleaner yeah. that way. Just, Just Eternals. Eternals. <laughs> yeah. Um. They. So Thanos does it, and Thanos is clearly shown as a bad guy who wills half the people dead with a snap of the singer. Um, I don't want to get to why he does it until we're talking about the Eternals plot. So stay tuned. Okay. Fellow. Because as an outsider to the stupid plot contrivances of the MCU. Stupid. I don't understand why he does what he does. Because he's a <coughs> celestial. Thanos is? No, he's an Eternal. Thanos is an Eternal? Thanos is an Eternal oh, with fuck. a deviant syndrome i'm already confused okay. <laughs> you know what we're, Babe, we're gonna anyone, break it down anyone played by josh brolin has a deviant <laughs> syndrome okay <laughs> yeah so welcome you're listening to the low ceiling i'm john and i'm pre the deviant you're the i've got a deviant syndrome because i watched this movie it's weird that um they named this movie after the way it feels watching it <laughs> hey just kidding hey jimmy fallon when you're not striking call me i got monologue jokes <laughs> Um, I wrote that down. That was such a stupid joke. Originally, it was call- uh, supposed to be called the Celestials. Yeah, yeah that's a dumb name, too. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? Can, can I just say, though, you know why that's a dumb joke? Yeah. Can I just point the finger back at myself? Yeah, yeah. Because if you're, if you're brave enough, mm-hmm. dare I say, if you're man enough to make it past the first, and I'm not joking, 90 minutes of this movie, yeah. it's actually not bad. I um, The first half of this film 
is a fucking slog. Really? But it gets better. It gets better. Like okay. I actually I know I joked in our last episode that I was like, we have a real piece of shit coming up for you. And I will I take that back. This movie is not bad. However, I will say one very important thing. Yeah. One th- this is the theme of this episode. This yeah. is the thematic thing that I want to get at about the Eternals as as and since we're the first people to ever point out any problems with the MCU ever cuz we're just cutting edge like that. I was actually offended at how inoffensive this movie was. I was expecting it to be a fucking train wreck and it was just <laughs> not great. And the thing that pisses me off is it doesn't seem like I would rather watch a movie that is swinging for a home run and failing than a movie that's just like, I can get on base. And this movie fucking gets on base, but it doesn't come into home, but it gets on base. And that's really fucking boring to me. That's so boring. But overall, not a bad movie, honestly. I don't know. I have a cricket analogy instead. Tell me. Once you hit the wickets in the base of the... No, I don't. Um... Interesting that you say I, I'm that sorry, this movie. Were you, were you making light of Cricket Corner? Because we haven't done it in a, lot, in a while, and I just I, I, I want you to I just want you to know that like I take that I, very I, seriously. I would not, in the spirit of Kamel and his Bollywood performance, um, nothing but respect for my Cricket president. That was. Oh, we'll get to it. Let's just say that was part of the first half of the film. <laughs> Yo, okay. Interesting that you say that the first half of the film knocked you out, but after that it perked up for you and you liked it a little bit more than you thought you would. Also, it took me three days to watch this movie. Same, same, same. And this is the only the second time that I've seen this movie. I've seen this movie once at the cinemas when it came out. Incidentally, very brave. Same year, brave woman. Yeah, as WandaVision, Loki, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Stillwater, Widow, fucking Shang Chi, Stillwater. Stop it. (laughs) No more. Have we mentioned Stillwater yet? (laughs) The real superhero (laughs) is a man from Stillwater. That was a fucking good movie, though. What's up? Yeah, so you saw it in theaters. So I saw I saw Eternals at the cinemas when it came out, and I'm a huge fan of like the comic book series, right? It's a fucking space this opera. This is something we are very, very like polar opposites on. One of the sure. rare things we're very opposite Totally, on. because yeah. like you're not a big Marvel guy, or just superheroes in general. You're not like big on mainstream joy and it, popcorn i'm like or yeah happiness. like i'm not it's not like that serious i i hate joy and i think <laughs> it's the death of art but it's not that big a deal it's not a big deal yeah okay you know what though like i think shit it's where, like star wars I think it's where cinema goes to die star wars and star trek <laughs> takes over so much of fucking nerf nerddom and with their fucking Tin Man bullshit and this little baby robot chuckle pumpkin, whatever, bro. All I'm saying is there's enough goofiness for the rest of the world. And it's just more people now who yeah. who demand more idiots who want more of the same shit, which now it's different, though. People are experiencing superhero fatigue. Big time fatigue. yeah. Big time. Right. And even by the time Eternals <coughs> came out, it was hitting hard. Fucking Shang-Chi. I wanted to shang shoot myself in the face. The, you know what? The thing that interests me about the Eternals as a film was actually and I want to get into this more. It was actually the first movie where I was like. This is the beginning of the end. Yes. Not and maybe yes. so maybe if I if I'm getting my things mixed up, maybe Black Widow came out before it. Yeah. It but did. honestly, when Black Widow came out, I was like, this could just be a blip. Like you never really know. <laughs> but when Eternals came out, I was like, this is a trend. It's and this over. is the beginning of the end. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. I'm sure a lot of people have said that. Now I have like and I have a 
big line of reasoning behind it and can i get into it or do you, you have more to say i just have i just want to tell you what my immediate reaction was to watching it tell the first me. time first time i saw it at the cinemas i straight up fell asleep and i woke up yeah. like in in a few minutes of course but i was so livid i God, just dating I felt, my dating my dad over <laughs> here felt, <laughs> right dude, ladies and, I, and this is a fan this is someone who went wanting to see it and, and like excited about the big name tickets. You're a and regular celestial over I, here. I'm about that eternal life. Mm-hmm. I felt so alienated <laughs> because I wanted so badly for this fucking Marvel Dune to work out. Right? Well, I do, do you remember that when, when you and I started dating, this movie had not um, come out yet. It was very, we, we had just been dating for like three months and we went to see something we went to see a couple movies when we definitely saw Candyman, and we definitely saw empty man yeah we saw that well funnily enough they don't play theatrical trailers when we watch films at home but um we went to see i believe the last duel if you remember correctly fantastic and we saw the trailer for the eternals and i remember leaning over you and being the trailer is awful for this movie yes and it's one of those things where i actually take a kind of sick joy in this where i see a trailer (laughs) i'm like i smell a piece of shit (laughs) because you can tell like yeah. trailers have their own problems that we don't have to get into but you can tell from lots of trailers where you're just like i smell a huge piece of fucking garbage yeah, coming yeah. and especially with this movie i was like the fact that they only really showed two sequences of anything i was like this is not going to be good and one of the problems here's a big problem with trailers that we don't have to get deeper into mm. um trailers should tell you what the movie is about and this film i was like i have no idea what's happening in this movie oh god and and even the thing is too when you first kind of start this movie for the first hour or so you're just like why does any of this fucking matter like why (laughs) do i care why do i give a fuck and that's that's like a huge problem i'll it's funny because when i first saw the movie at the cinemas or even saw the trailers it was like fucking g10 summit of too many fucking superheroes all in jammed into this that is a thing. one of the massive problems right? of this and on the second rewatch now that i watched it over a three-day period in like a more of an episodic fa- fashion an hour a day i really enjoyed the first half i like that they set up um oh where do eternals come from and what is their impact on humans and how do they you're you're out of your mind how do they like there's cool scenes with like oh how they make inventions and then hand it over to humans like whether it's a knife or a metal or whatever i hate that shit what i was about that like i can hate it was brian tyree henry in this (laughs) so much no 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 this is um Gemma chan yeah, do you do you think her shoulders hurt from carrying this fucking movie on her back? What are you talking about? I, she could not emote to oh, save dude, her life, my I guy. I think I actually I I think Gemma Chan I okay. Everyone here knows how much I love Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> I happen to think Gemma Chan was one of the positives of that film. I'd yeah. never seen her before. I didn't know anything about her. I thought she was a good actress for a movie that is objectively bad. <laughs> and in this movie, I was kind of like, she might not have been great. But she deserves far better. And I'll tell you why. Gemma Chan has all the makings of like a real star. And she deserves better than this fucking movie. And she could do better. That's the thing. All of these actors have... It's The thing that blows my mind is like how all of these actors gather together to do some of the shittiest work of their careers. <laughs> and it's so frustrating because like all of them in different things, you're just like, you've, you're so much better. Except... I will say, Angelina Jolie, as the movie goes on, she gets better. Barry Keehan. 
I hate him in this. And really? also, this is like, of all of the movies he's been in, this is his worst by far. Well, yeah. Well, they're all bad because of the nature of the film and the plot mm. and the pace and everything what it I'm goes saying, against them. What I'm saying is Gemma Chan doesn't deserve to have to carry this film with such flimsy material. I just don't and, think and she I, carries it at all, though. I, I, I don't think she's given the chance to. But really, if you're if you're rewriting this movie, Gemma yeah. Chan is the main fucking character and you don't have to spend forever with all of these other characters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. thing. It's like... and that takes away from the enjoyment of this movie because you want Gemma Chan to be the main character. At least I did. I was yeah. like, she is the protagonist, but they're like, yeah, but we got to spend time talking to all these other no, fucking people. And Cause there's like 10 protagonists. You're going to like spend reason. time with like Ajak. And so clearly what's her name? The actress is like checked out. She just does not see Selma, much Hayek. Selma Hayek. And then I got <laughs> fucking Richard Madden too. There's yeah. like points in this. He's so, he's a great actor and he's so wooden. And there's points in this where he'll like say a line and then halfway through, it's like he remembers how fucking stupid the line is. And oh it's like, God. I can't believe I'm saying this. You know what? Now that we're talking about it, let's go Let's go through who the Eternals are. There's 10 people, I, right? I, we, no, because we, we got to get to... I, I got. I have a really this thing I want really want to say. Okay, really you say talk it, about it, but I do have thoughts on why some of these characters work and why they don't. We, but we're let's gonna, get into Let's it. talk to them about that in the plot. Okay. So I want to lay out like what drives me so insane about the mcu even from even when it was pumping out good movies and it was very when i did some like research about reviews of this movie it was like really clear what was happening and the thing that really drives me insane is the hype machine around the mcu is so well oiled that it creates these expectations that are like that I, I thought this movie was gonna be like a flaming piece of garbage. And it's not. It's just okay. It's just fine. It's right? more mature than any of the other Marvel films, right? Sure. Yeah. But but like so okay. So I read these two stories in Wired. Now this is important. Wired magazine. There's these two stories by um a writer named Angela Watercutter. They're both by her, which is really interesting. She did a profile on Chloe Zhao, right? I have nothing against Chloe Zhao. I didn't think Nomadland was like that great, but that's just me. She does this profile on Chloe Zhao and the whole time, all they talk about is like how like Chloe Zhao is going to bring this whole new sensibility to the MCU and she's yeah. going to change things and she's going to do this and this and this. And they talk to like Nate Moore who produced the movie and every fucking like quote they have, they, they brought up the fact that Chloe Zhao is like, I'm a big fan of, they brought up Terrence Malick a bunch and then when you watch huh. Nomadland, you're like, okay, I get that influence. Yeah. But when you watch Eternals, you're just like, what do you mean? How can you how can you even say this in the same breath as like someone like Terrence Malick, right? Yeah. And then they talk to like there's this quote there's this quote by Nate Moore, the the producer, which really drives me insane. He says, like, Zhao deconstructed who gets to be a Marvel hero and reinvented the MCU. Which is an insane thing to say. And then he he also says, he's like, Eternals are immortal cosmic beings, yes. not super soldiers. They don't have to have six-pack abs. Which is crazy because everyone in this movie is incredibly hot. Except. But the, the, the thing that drives me crazy is like how smug and self-righteous they get about these films mm. and about how they're just kind of like they literally think they're making the most groundbreaking cinema in the world yeah. and you're just kind of like you are making a movie that appeals to 12 to 25 year olds and that's just like and that's what drives me crazy is they build up this hype machine and it's all on purpose and then this this 
profile on Zhao making the Eternals. Yeah. Which is, it's really interesting. It's on Wired. It's worth reading. That comes out on November 2nd. The film is released on November 5th. Yeah. Angela Watercutter, the writer, releases her review of the Eternals on November 5th and says, here's what's wrong with the Eternals. Come on. (laughs) And it's like, for the whole time, it seemed Angela Watercutter, nothing against her. I don't know anything about her. She knows that this movie isn't very good. Mm-hmm. This this profile is just like all fucking just just essing Chloe Zhao's D and the MCU's <laughs> D the whole time being like, this is just iconic and amazing. And yeah. I do agree that Chloe Zhao did some interesting things in this movie. Mm-hmm. But just that whole machine drives me really insane because then when it comes out, people are just like, wait, this is a piece of garbage. And it's like, yeah yeah it always was yeah and then the funny thing too is like you have someone like nate moore who's just like he's just like oh this is this is gonna be amazing this is gonna be incredible and then fucking like four days after the eternals comes out he's like uh i don't know we might not make a sequel it's not really a priority anyway it's like we, what do you guys like they know they have what they have on their hands yeah and uh, just like it's such a fucking play acting thing and it even comes down to I think that was happening a lot with like Kumail mm-hmm. because Kumail was, you know, he was fucking becoming this Adonis of a man. Yeah. But also that was like this big story that they were pushing and the movie just it leaves a bitter taste in my mouth because it feels like everyone involved with it was like, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's just all a, a fucking just pleasure. Just I love just working on this shit. And they, but they know, they know in the back of their minds that they have a stinker on their hands and that fucking sucks. This is so funny that it started off like this and the way they're marketing it and talking about themselves as this great godly piece of cinema. Because when we think about the plot too, not that they wrote it because this dates back to the seventies. The, the main thing is that this, this character Arishem that is a celestial god super being uh, uh to to quote dana stevens in slate in her review sky daddy sky daddy yeah. okay arsham the sky daddy creates these eternals but arsham and i have a note here is this like celestial sperm bank that makes god babies he just right? jizz, i i wrote down he <laughs> jizzes into a bunch of other planets <laughs> <laughs> to make celestials. Okay. I also wrote down he's the worst middle manager of all time. He's a, he's such fucking track record of being shitty trademark at his job. He's like a deadbeat dad. Yeah. He's just so to him he's supposed to be this like g- grand creator of everything, but he like repeatedly creates these uh, terrible mistakes that evolve beyond his control that like Every time he does something, it goes bad or or it's not received in the way that it should be. And it makes me think that all these reviewers who kind of start talking about this film or, or even Chloe Zhao's work are kind of doing the same where they're like, this is a celestial piece of work. And then it just doesn't hit. The, the thing, too, though, is that like Chloe Zhao is such a huge deal after winning Best Director, Best Picture, right? Yeah. With Nomadland, which, again fine i don't like it i you're a fan you've you said you liked it i don't mm-hmm. like it but like they don't nobody really wants to criticize her in this like she's gone from nomad land to making the one of the biggest movies of the year potentially yeah and the thing is is that like as i've said many times the hype machine behind it all is like very afraid to have a real frank discussion about what the fuck is going on here yeah. and can i can i bring up something else that kind of illuminates this point I read this review, 
sorry, I read this interview with Patrick Burley. Mm-hmm. Do you know who that is? Burley? Mm-hmm. Burley? He's one of the co-writers of the piece. So the movie is written by three teams. One, well, one Chloe Zhao, two Chloe Zhao and Patrick Burley, and three uh, Ryan and Kaz Furpo. Three writing teams? Three writing credits. Okay. Three separate writing credits, right? Okay. So Patrick Burley, I read, I was like, what is, like, because I saw some stuff. I read this interview with him, which I, th- I found really illuminating. So he comes out of the Marvel Writers Program, right? And uh, do you know what that is? No. Basically, all they do is that they comb through all of Marvel's back catalog and then they write treatments for um, oh. different characters to to per- potentially create film fran- like film nice. series out of them for the MCU, right? Okay. There's like four of them at the time Patrick Burley is at this. Sweet. That's, they do more than that, but like, yeah. And then, you know, he graduates to, they're like, hey, uh, we need someone to write on Ant-Man and the Wasp. Are they like casting agents for comics or something? Just no, pick no, no. it out and turn it into a thing? No, they're, they're, they just, they use the power of creation to uh. like kind of pitch new ideas for the cinematic universe, right? Sick. And they look, they have access to everything Marvel has ever done, I guess. So comes out of that and they're like, hey, we need someone to help write on production on Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, and so he's like, obviously, goes and does that. He's writing, he said sometimes, 30 pages a day. What? on this fucking movie on ant-man and the wasp right oh boy and then he's hired they're like we need more writing on the eternals and i think this like kind of shines a light on some of the issues that are here is that so chloe Zhao is in london doing prep for the film mm. patrick burley is writing the movie he's <laughs> rewriting the movie Dude. three months before it shoots and sending it to chloe Zhao. and it's kind of like the thing that always boggles my mind when i hear these stories is i was like disney disney surely you are the most powerful studio who can afford to maybe take the time to make this fucking right because we were saying earlier when we were chatting with a friend that and i don't know if this is true but the parts that are set in the past which none of us liked Mm -hmm. they feel like they're just done by a different writer yeah and then shoehorned in yeah and it's so annoying because it's totally fully different yeah like randomly even when they have conversations it's like why does this matter who cares why are you talking right now it's just it points to this kind of systemic issue where it's just like it's take the time to do it fucking right you know just kind of half-ass it towards the end it feels like or rush it because of budgetary reasons and what have you i i don't i i don't want to point the blame at like patrick burley or chloe Zhao or anybody really it's just, it seems so strange that it's like the richest, most powerful studio and they don't just take the time to make the film correct. Oh I don't know. And then yeah. they get stuff like this and it's just fucking whatever. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a limp flaccid hot dog. It's just so yeah. fucking, yeah. Because to, to your point, like Chloe Zhao must have been like this, this film is an elegant allegory of God complex and, you know, human nature and climate change. And then the audience with Patrick Burley are like, yeah, it was Cowboy Selma Hayek, yeehaw, bitch. All of her ideas, like all of Chloe Zhao's lofty ideas that she might have had, the movie's two hours and 40 minutes and they're just not there. They're not there. You're just like, what do you mean? Like, where, when did, when does that happen? Because I just can't see it. Because 10 primary actors 10 characters are too busy talking oh, to man. each other being like your name is ajak your name is cersei and you can they fucking just go back and forth i mean can pre can pre segue or can pre segue <laughs> let's talk about these characters all i'm saying bro. is that this fucking g10 summit of <laughs> maximum superheroes in one film um is led by selma hayek's character ajak who is 
Um, the number one kind of eternal created by Arishem, who's a big celestial god. So Ar- Arishem is sick. Arishem is sick. All of the Arishem it, has great. Clearly, all of the um, like CGI budget went into making Arishem yeah. fucking tight because it's like that, and that is the movie that we should have got where it's just a fucking space concert. It's a shame that this takes place on Earth. Yeah. Honestly. All of it. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Burn it to the ground. Even in the the trailer, which again, objectively is a terrible trailer, when they show like Arishem, I was like, that does look pretty sick. Yeah. So Arishem is this giant balloon that creates the Eternals out of the palm of his hand. Sky Daddy. Sky Daddy. Um, Ajak, I'm going to jerk off into a planet now. (laughs) It's very, it's very mm. like biblical, right? He like Ajax, should I jizz <laughs> over here? That's, Jesus Christ! That's I think in the Bible, yeah. So, so Arishem not only creates the Eternals. Before that, though, before the Eternals, he gives birth to these fucking spicy dogs that are called deviants. Okay, they're just wires and goofiness. Such a stupid idea. But then he's like, "Oh, I created the deviants, but they evolved, <laughs> and I didn't see that." Oh boy, I, I really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> TLDR, I don't goofed. The the idea of the deviance is a real fucking problem. It's it's a really bad idea. It's also done very poorly. Yes. Because the deviants in the comics are a race. They have like they have things going on. They have personalities. There's like stuff more than just them being feral dogs who eat a triceratop and then become one themselves. Like it's it's much deeper than that. Not that the movie has to convey all of it. They try to when they turn him human or whatever. But because the deviants become like these bratty kids out of control, Arishem has to create Eternals to keep them in check. Basically kill them and protect the humans. I'll tell you why. Sorry, I thought I thought it was the other way around. No. I thought he... Sorry. Can, can you clarify? Because I, I am genuinely asking this yeah. question. How many planets did he jizz in? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so I thought he created the Eternals yeah. to shepherd races on planets to create the energy to birth the Celestials. Yes. And then he created the deviants. He created deviants before he created the Eternals. But the deviants were there to like. It, this is what's so stupid about it. It's like they're there to kill apex predators to ensure that life flourishes. To ensure that intelligent life flourishes. Right, right, because yeah. they need the brain goo. Of you the explained humans. to me earlier that they need the brain goo. Yeah. All right. They need the brain goo of humans, right? So they're killing all these big sharks. But there's a shot of an, of these like eternal, um, excuse me, the deviants, Jesus, <laughs> the <laughs> deviants um, like attacking these kind of alien creatures, these sentient alien creatures who look like humans, but they're blue. When? I don't know, babe. It's a long fucking movie. <laughs> In like Seriously. around the four hour mark, they start. To, yeah. yeah. Well, the point, the point is like Arishem creates these dogs and then they're too feral and they, he can't control them. So he creates the Eternals to check on them. Basically, the the idea is that every planet or every galaxy has to allow for humans to flourish or like very hyper intelligent life to flourish because humans are like batteries. I don't think it's humans. I think it's this intelligent life. It's just intelligent yeah. life. Well, if for Earth's case, then in let's Earth's just say, case, it's humans. Um, yeah. He he needs these human batteries to run their course. To like live out their full potential on a planet, whether it's five billion, six billion, seven billion, until it's so much. You and can the say seven billion if you want. Seven billion yeah. until the, until the battery is so fully charged on Earth that now 
Remember the spermy juiciness from Arisham yeah. earlier? Now it sprouts this baby celestial god that bursts out of a planet. I, I don't I, like. I don't know why you're explaining this to me. That's how birth works <laughs> normally. This is normally how birth works. <laughs> this is a lady gets pregnant, and a bunch of people just think really hard, and then she craps out a baby. They burst out <laughs> of her belly, yeah. Yeah, straight out of her mouth, even. Yeah. So six eyes, <laughs> big so, head. Yeah. So the baby celestial, right? This this Tiamut. They call it Tiamut. This one is Tiamut on Earth. You know, it's meant to explode out of Earth and as a result kill all of Earth and kill all the humans. But it'll be a problem. The, yeah. So they do this so that Tiamut can then create a million galaxies or whatever. So essentially you have to have these celestials be born. By yeah. killing one planet so that 500,000 other planets can potentially exist in the future. Yeah. This is a Christian propaganda film. <laughs> <laughs> this is Bible told with big budget. It's How so? Come on, talk more about that. Just everything about it is like, guys, think of the utilitarianness of it. Like A little bit. Let yeah. us kill 10 people so that 100 people who are not born yet can live to their full potential later. Like, Yeah. I understand the climate change argument here where it's like we have to preserve what is there now and stop certain detrimental things now so that our future generations who are not born yet can live to their full potential. But in this case, it's just, let's just kill the whole fucking planet. Yeah. We'll just make a new planet. It, it's it's <laughs> kind of like... It's maybe maybe because I'm not a celestial, I don't get it. But it is a little <laughs> bit like... there There's so many things in this in this movie because they deal with like such lofty kind of you know like you're dealing with a guy who's like practically a god like Arishem is a god and yeah. stuff and you're just kind of like why does any of this like how can i relate personally no. to this like why right? do i because especially too is when you think of like the the earth giving birth to tiamat yeah as a as a normal human where this stuff doesn't exist like how do i relate to this at i all, think i know? think it's it's interesting that like Arisham, the number one Sky Daddy, mm-hmm. also has makes mistakes. The jizz monster. The jizz yeah. monster has follies. The jizz monster in the sky. Like it's like it's like giving birth to a kid who grows up to commit ten murders. Yeah. You you are a bad parent. Yeah, but he's like cool with mark. it though. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, you know what? I'll just make another kid that will kill this kid. <laughs> And then my new kid. He's also got like a million kids. Yeah, like, true. And then he gets pissed off at the end at Cersei. He's like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. That no, was my favorite kid. Those were my best murderers. <laughs> what the fuck? That so, was not my best one. He was going to go to Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> Space Harvard. That's where it's at. <laughs> he was going to go to Central Galactic <laughs> Harvard. But mom. He was going to write comics in the newspaper. He's going he's gonna to get into this. Write on The Office. The remake of The Office. <laughs> Jimmy yeah. Fallon, call this guy. <laughs> um, you know, earlier you asked me what's the deal with Thanos and why he kills off fucking half the people across yeah. all the worlds. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just Earth. Uh, they make it seem like he's trying to do it in favor of like sustaining planets and being like, you guys, you humans don't know how to be. We got to kill some of yous so the other half can live yeah. happily instead yeah. of being, you know, it's like, I think... In this context, it makes Thanos seem like a good guy because at one point, Selma Hayek's character, Ajak, is like, there are Eternals who have tried to slow down Arishem's will yeah, or like try to slow down a fucking Tiamat emerging from a planet and destroying it. And because you need 
mi- billions and billions of people to power a planet to full capacity, Thanos might be cutting that shit in half so that right. a celestial doesn't burst out of that planet. Right. So, which I think is a cool kind of thought experiment later to be like, is Thanos so. a good guy overall? Because he says, when I'm done with the snap, half of you will still live. Like, half yeah, of you but then still like, ti- um, not time at um, Arishem's plan was going to be like, now you must all fuck all day <laughs> 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 to, to make more. You have to, the snap has gotten rid of half of you. Yeah. Now you all have to fuck all day. That's Well, of course, right? I but, have, but he slowed it down. He slowed down I the prime. I have so much lube to pour on the planet. <laughs> uh, th- th- no. He, he it's about to get slippery in Thanos here. Thanos <laughs> violated... <laughs> The prime directive. <laughs> right. I gotta say, man, if I was fucking Cersei and I was getting that Kit Harrington dick, I would also be like, I'm not gonna let the Celestial what kill everyone. What are you everyone. talking about? <laughs> the, the fucking... Okay, the top three characters can we so s- far. Sorry, can we go into the plot? We're, yes, 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 yes. But... That is all the backstory. You're right, yeah. Uh, and then, so the ten Eternals so far, for anybody who's not Let's seen go. it, bless you, um, but are... Uh, Arishim, of course, is the number one guy who creates Not an the eternal. Eternals. He's a but the Eternals are Angelina Jolie, known as Thena. Thena. Thena is fucking elegant, mysterious. Wait, has a can m- you say the actor and I will try to name the character? Okay. Go on. Angelina Jolie. Thena. Thena without the A. Athena, yeah. Drop the A because it's cooler. And I'm going to say their power too. Okay. Swords. Swords and shit. No, but her power is that she has mad cow disease. Oh, yeah, that's Or too. what a mad yeah. weary or whatever they call it, where she hulks out. And when she hulks out She hella mad, yeah. Who comes to kind of calm her down? Uh Punchy. Punchy man Gilgamesh. Big puncher. Big puncher, Big played punch. by Dong, Dong Lee, Lee. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Great guy, sick actor, terrible role. Hella punch. Hella punch. So he's 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 basically the black widow to Angelina Jolie's Hulk. You're making all these inside jokes that I just don't get. Sun's getting real low, big guy. Go on. Okay. Um, Druig. You're supposed to say the actor. Right, Barry Keen. Because I know who the actors are. Damn it. Barry Keen, who does he play? Oh, Druig. (laughs) His power is to get really pissy about the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. And also control the minds of people, which is a. That is sick. Now, say the fucking performer. Sorry, you're right. (laughs) Okay. Um,. Barry Keen, though, I just want to say that he has, like, the most notorious murder baby face. And yeah. it's kind of perfect for this role because he comes off as this, like, villainy guy. But he's kind of the best of the lot so far. Anyway. Um, Richard Madden. Uh, hot Eyes. Um, <laughs> AKA, AKA, Icarus. 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 Yeah. AKA Scott Lang, I guess. But no, sorry. Uh, Cyclops. Cyclops, yeah. he is, thank he's you. He's just Cyclops who can fly. Yeah. He's just fucking Cyclops. And Dumb. they like misspell his name with a K because he's edgy like that. And then he flies into the sun. Fucking certified Fuck dollar, off. my guy. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Go on. This character, I don't know her real name, so I'm just going to call her Pepsi Cola. <laughs> Oh, Sprite, yeah. Fucking Sprite. Yeah, of all the characters who could get cut, that was kind of the one I wanted to the most. I I, I don't want to, like, harp on... I, I really don't like that character. Yes, and no I, one likes I her. I think her name should be fucking Exposition Miss Ex- Mick Expedition-y, because all <laughs> she says is fucking exposition. I don't want to harp... Like, the actor, they're young, they're just getting started, I get it, but they're, like, they don't... Again, much like Gemma Chan, Man. they don't deserve this. But bad character, stupid character, everyone I'm hates just it. curious, why did Arishem make one Eternal that's a child? 
Is it like a Kirsten Dunst interview with a vampire thing where you just like are cursed with eternal youth? But also like why does she act like a child? She's 7,000 years old. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. She's like, I, I have I, pangs of jealousy at all times. And then also but like, I have I, a crush on this guy. I, I, and also like if, if that's such a problem, just go to your manager, Arishem, and be <laughs> like, hey, can you stop jerking off on the universe and fix this for me? And he would be like, of course I can, Sprite. Oh, God. Yeah. And then of course... My guy, Brian Terry Henry, plays. Fuck off. Fastos. Fastos. Stupidest character ever. I'll tell you why it feels stupid, I think. It's because Brian Terry Henry is holding back a lot and he's not given enough to do, to your point. Like, no. they're not given room to become characters. Uh, but even though one of his major superpowers is. Having the sexiest hands in Hollywood. We all know Brian Tyree Henry has the sexiest hands in Hollywood. Bro, in in fucking Atlanta, I noticed this. But like just his hands are beautiful. (laughs) What does he do with them? It doesn't matter. There's there's a scene I remember very specifically in Atlanta where he puts his hand over his face in frustration. And I'm like, his whole hand is covering his whole face. So hot. Yeah. (laughs) Beautiful hand actor. And just a great actor. But a terrible character. Men with beautiful hands. Huh? What? Men with big hands? Beautiful hands. Beautiful hands? Yeah. They can invent shit for um, humanity. That's right. The thing I hate about Fastos as a character is like it kind of goes towards that problem where you're just kind of like, as a human myself, why do I give a fuck about any of this? And then also Fastos is like, hey, I invented the fucking plow for people and it's just kind of like so humans are just like ants in an ant farm like they're just that's all they're not given any agency in this film like any mistake of theirs is not their (laughs) mistake babe just i just want to (laughs) ask as a human do you not find that a little bit insulting not at all do you think we have free will yo fuck that that's a larger conversation all right well we're starting a new podcast that's right prophilosophy it's okay go on with the next character i think we're down to the last philosophy why didn't i think of that oh man philosophy go on okay Uh, (laughs) that's fucking good um uh the Speedy McLightning girl. Fasty McFasterson. Again, you didn't. That's not her name. I, it's Lauren something. I it's forget. Lauren I'm Ridloff. sorry. I, I, I think Lauren Ridloff is. I have no complaints. Perfect. I, I wanted more <laughs> of Lauren Ridloff in this movie, actually. She's great. Yeah. That's why I think because of her interaction with Barry Keen's character, Druig, it makes them. There's supposed to be a fucking love triangle that is the main part of this film. Can you believe some of this movie was cut? Like, it's unbelievable. My God, between fucking Jon Snow, Rob Stark, and uh, Asian lady, and who are all supposed to be... Sorry, my guy, but, like, be more charismatic, I guess. It's just so forgettable and so dull that you want this side character mysterious flirtation between Druig and Makari. Kit Kit Harrington is also in the movie for, like, two minutes. Yeah. And he's in the trailer for about he's, 30 seconds. What so, the hell? Yeah. He's just there to kind of set up his character for later films, I guess. Yeah, which are never going to happen. No one So, p- sorry, Kit. Um, Let's okay, get into vlog. Then, well, you forgot Kumail Nanjiani as Kingo. Oh, my God. No. You know what? Let's <laughs> all forget Kumail Nanjiani as Kingo. Yeah, man. That's some crimes. Some crimes were committed. You know what? You would think when a character gets turns into a beefcake for a certain role, you would see more of that cake. <laughs> But you don't, and he disappears for so much of the film, and towards the end he's he like, literally guys, at the end is like, I gotta go. <laughs> we can't defeat this guy. I'm, Bye. I'm really enjoying Bollywood, so I'm gonna leave. <sighs> Which is a ridiculous thing. Anyway, let's get into the plot. All right. So that's them. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we've done a lot of the backstory. Like 
5,000 years ago, the Eternals were sent to Earth to shepherd humans into brain power. Uh, they There's scenes in like Babylon where they're just like, hey, the city's really big now, Erishem. Yeah. And he's like, oh, cool. He's like, yeah, we got Starbucks and like <laughs> fucking drive through. <laughs> oh, we got Babylonian Starbucks. Yeah. They're building a metro line. Sick. And then like, but then it like opens with this scene where the deviants attack these like, 5000 BC humans and the Eternals are like not today deviants and then you're okay all yeah. right cool yeah yeah so and a then, big point for them is that Eternals have not interfered uh with any human conflict unless a deviant is directly involved unless they're yeah unless they're directly threatening humans and then eventually they like they kill off all the deviants quote unquote in 1521 this is important because the the spaniards are busy cutting all of these mexicans heads off because that's what spaniards were doing at that time where that whole scene which we're doing it a little out of order because i just wrote it like all of this backstory which is so annoying yeah the thing that the the movie asks a just a a stupid question they're these all-powerful beings and they're just like oh are humans really worth saving yeah Anyway, <laughs> fuck this. And it's like, but they don't do anything to really answer that, in my opinion, because there's no human characters in this fucking movie except for Kit Harrington and, um, excuse me, the 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 dude, the uh, Richard Madden. No, he's not oh, human. Oh, human. Oh, uh, b- 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 the b- fucking valet, the valet, the oh, the Indian guy who's yeah, fucking Harish awesome. Patel, Harish Patel, fucking king. Yeah. Yes. So, like, so it uh, it. It seems just like thematically silly because mm-hmm. you're just like, I don't, it's like, are humans worse? I don't fucking know. Like, I don't know. By the time they come to the human interactions, though, Eternals are now present day um, where the snap from Thanos has already happened. Yeah. And also events have happened that they've now brought back the people who were killed in the snap. Yeah. So And Erisham is like, I already poured a bunch of lube in the Indian Ocean. Yeah. <laughs> What's it's the full deal? of lube. Everyone go <laughs> fuck over there. Just imagine Erisham with Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> anyway. There but, will be much chafing. But there is that that is what makes this intelligent life more intriguing than any other intelligent life across the galaxy is because they've been able to bring back their people despite the snap, which is an eternal, a.k.a. Thanos, did his thing, but people were able to bring people back. And that is why they maybe contemplate, are they special enough to be saved as yeah. a species? Did not get that at all from this. <laughs> No, because <laughs> yeah. why would they fucking bother with any yeah. chat? Yeah. yeah. Just to be clear to the listeners, I've had a couple beers, but also <laughs> I uh, I haven't seen any of the fucking Avengers movies. So I don't know. I, so this is. I don't know what you're saying right now. I feel like it's you, like you're speaking a different language. You should let me do all the chat in this and be like marveled. At and I'll the just do my Erisham voice <laughs> capacity with which. What I'm saying is, in my second rewatch. I like this movie so much more because you get to like know the nuances a little bit and it just sucks that you have to know all this backstory and and do all this like thinking on your own accord. It it's the it's the both the brilliance and the annoyance of the MCU is that. Yeah. You know. It's You're it's brilliant it. it's brilliant that someone like me not a fan has to be like oh I got to watch all these movies cuz MCU is like yeah you do. Yeah, fuck you. But also <laughs> it's annoying for me cuz I'm like 
man, I don't got the fucking time of day. Yeah. All right. Which is which I'm so curious to know because you're you're a big, 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 big cinema guy. You watch all kinds of trash. What made you? Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get real. Hold on. (laughs) Back up. (laughs) What do you mean? Okay, Fast and Furious 14. Um, what I'm saying is... I have standards, okay? <laughs> it's, 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 it's this movie, Eternals, is worth watching because it's more mature, like, it's more interesting. There's mythology, there's religion, there's, like, war conflict, there's philosophical ponderings. And other Marvel movies don't really dabble in that. They mostly go, like, okay, protagonist, antagonist, action, done. Yeah, they're mostly the death of art. For children. Yeah. Why not, right? We'll do it for the kids. They're, the thing, so it's funny because the, we're going on a bit of a tangent here, but it, it's funny because as I've said many times, like I don't like I don't like animated movies generally. Yeah. There's some exceptions. Um, but like Pixar, right? I don't think Pixar movies are that they don't interest me in any way. Mm. And to be perfectly honest, I see a lot of these MCU movies as like they're just this part, same part of the Disney machine as like a Pixar film. Sure, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They appeal to all audiences, which means that they flatten a lot of anything interesting. Yeah. They can't really... Uh, I, the good filmmakers and good writers and good whatevers can't really be allowed to do anything challenging or interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to go back to this Dana Stevens um uh, review that I read. Mm-hmm. Dana Stevens is a very smart reviewer. I like her work. And she has a quote that I wrote down. The demands of a $200 million corporate enterprise ultimately prevail over any aspirations to auteurship. Yeah. And yes. that is true almost across the board. Yes. Right? Yeah. And that's something, like, I'm not saying that there's no place for, like, popcorn entertainment in the world. Obviously there is, and I'm the exception rather it. than the rule. Yeah. But they just, like, really don't interest me. And that's fair. And that's totally and fair. It's like even it's, if they did, yeah. even if they did, I think that I would they would be still very forgettable because I still would rather watch something. Yeah. I would rather rewatch a piece of garbage that's trying to hit a home run <laughs> than a a piece of flimsy kind of whatever, you know. I think you're you're coming at this from like a movie goer perspective rather than like a child who grew up with comics, yeah. read it in a 2D format saw it maybe in a cartoon format and then to see it in this like ginormous uh like most incredible big budget real life people that can be pretty magical to a child who's grown up with it for 15 years to then see iron man yeah kind of take form i I think you're right that like i'm coming at it from a person who likes good things instead of a person who doesn't okay (laughs) <laughs> you're better than a child congratulations yeah. stop it yeah. what i'm saying usually when i'm is seeing the like next cool indie film and there's children <laughs> filing into the next mcu film i slap them in the face <laughs> every time yeah. you see a child in an a24 production you go <laughs> kick them in the head yeah no. i buy them i buy popcorn specifically to throw at them yeah <laughs> Which is, get out that's why people forgive a lot of marvel sins because they're like ah my childhood and now it's you know taken form in this way that you there so okay here's here's something again this is a massive tangent something that kind of drives me insane about and and i experienced this a lot of this through the internet to be fair like through social media reading people's talking about movies and shit which you know people are everyone is basically a genius but no like (laughs) there's this catch-22 about criticism yes where it can be like 
people can people normal people like you and me who have no credentials whatsoever we are just normal fucking people <laughs> can be like <laughs> can be like i wish movies were better and then people are like People who want to defend those films <laughs> yeah. will often be like, "Well, you know what? I think it's okay to just be entertained. Like it's just a movie. You shouldn't you shouldn't take it so seriously." And blah blah blah. And then it makes you kind of feel invalidated for being like, "Yes, but I want movies to be better." Yeah. And even myself, I'm like, I get that there's a place for these, mm. but when someone like the producer of the Eternals is talking like he's making the most groundbreaking cinema in the world and the fans are acting like fucking Avengers Endgame is yeah. as good as Oppenheimer or, <laughs> you Barbie. know, Barbie or yeah. Lady Bird or whatever. Yeah. That is when I'm just kind of like, that's just objectively ridiculous. I feel like they, it's, and, it's a, it's a vocal audience. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so they kind of, their fucking echo of bullshit drowns any other sane voice yeah yeah and that that echo of bullshit is also like emboldened by children and parents and of course it like there's a lot of fuel to that fire yeah. that and it's it's also too it's a way of invalidating the fact that like there's a conversation to be had about like obviously avengers endgame or whatever is like a huge accomplishment yeah. it's like it makes a billion dollars it's obviously appealed to a ton of people mm-hmm. and as much as i love the riso brothers and all of the great work they've ever done <laughs> it's still like you can still be like well it's clearly an accomplishment of cinema yeah the same way that something which i love like titanic is yeah. also an accomplishment of cinema which 100%. lots of people hate and even though you're just like well the numbers kind of don't lie yeah yeah but it is a way of just being like don't criticize this thing that i like which i'm guilty of too and it's but it's also kind of like well there's a conversation to be had about the the relationship between commerce and art that some people Beautiful. just don't want to yeah. fucking have. Yeah. And yeah. And you know, like, okay, that's fine. We won't we don't have to talk, but 100%. I want I like having this conversation. I like talking about shit like this. Yeah, you know? especially when it like overshadows And I will fight anyone <laughs> with my fists. <laughs> you're you're ready. With, with your I will Thor's have a serious hammer. conversation <laughs> with uh, Captain Wildebeest and uh, something else my other left fist <laughs> my left fist is i'm gonna be i'm not gonna lie it's not gonna do a lot because <laughs> okay, so i'm right handed yeah. and left fist yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god okay sorry you... no 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 this is good this is good because i know we're we're kind of talking about marvel in general which makes me think that this movie eternals does not particularly feel like a marvel film just from like the color and the character and the seriousness there, I, I don't know if I misread, but like s- somewhere it was like Snyder had a lot of influence on Chloe Zhao or, or they're good friends or something. I don't know. But um, it, you can kind of tell there's a lot of Justice league vibe in they, this movie. Snyder. I, I didn't read about that, but. it's it's I don't know if like maybe she went to him or if they talked about. Because the writer of Eternals, well, Jack Kirby, He's worked in bo- both Marvel and DC mm-hmm. back then when he wrote the comics. He's, he's a controversial comic book writer. Like yeah. in the Marvel universe, isn't he kind of like people like he's not the real deal? Well, he is. Well, it's like a lot of it was like Stan Lee stole credit for what Jack Kirby did and maybe vice versa. Right. We don't have to get into that. But it's like. And they fist fought on top of the Empire State Building. With just yeah. left fists because they're yeah. old and yeah. decrepit and rest in peace. That's how um, Stan Lee died. Yeah. <laughs> people don't really know that but yeah it's crazy um he is he is thina now Um, (laughs) you can't tell with ai uh 
it's it's cool to see that it's different and attempts to be ambitious and big and all all the good stuff but it's so tonally fucked because you're s- always expecting some kind of marvel goof where like oh we're just gonna the be. the humor is very misplaced in yeah this and i think the fans are upset because like yeah. only one character aka kumail is unabashedly obnoxious as opposed to 95 percent of but the characters the, in all marvel the films. thing is is that like i've seen that criticism a lot is that like the the kind of quippy so yeah this was established by joss whedon right yes um joss whedon who obviously like he's written a lot of good things he's also semi-canceled now in some regard but like joss whedon also if anyone out there has seen alien resurrection you know that this (laughs) guy can really misfire because that movie is terrible but it's full of these like quips too where you're just kind of like i just feel like these are misplaced in such a serious situation totally and Having not seen them, I'm sure it kind of made more sense in the Avengers and stuff like that. But in this movie, it's like, it's very clear that all of those complaints that I've read people bitching about on the Mm. internet about the humor in the MCU, I'm like, as a non-fan, I totally get it from just watching this one movie. Yeah. Because like, the thing is too, is like Kumail is so funny and I'm just like, does is he like at a table read just like hanging his head being like wasted being like (laughs) funny good really good joke there yeah neat i I feel like there anytime someone fucking jimmy fallon style over here anytime someone else had a funny line too i bet the director or like whoever is in charge is like hey kumail think of a line for this guy and then they just say it in the moment it's like oh is this beer or a mug of spit (laughs) what is going on it's the laugh track of of fucking sitcom yeah. syndrome and you know what in the trailer the joke about fucking the guy breaking the ikea table yeah it, it, that was in the trailer and i was always like oh, boy that is i know unreal fucking rough and man. i don't think like i don't know who to blame for it i really don't but i don't think chloe zhao was on the sidelines being like yeah i'm loving all the laughs in this film you know? i think chloe zhao if they could have had their way fully would have made this be a joint where Francis McDormand drives into set <laughs> and then kills six of the Eternals yeah. in a fit yeah. of rage. And then that's the tone she wanted to set. But they were like, we got a funny guy over here. So <laughs> get him to write two sentences. Yeah. Anyway, we got <laughs> to get back to the plot. I'm sorry. Yeah. You got to get back to the plot. Let's do it. Okay. So Cersei and Sprite live in London, England. Yeah. Um, never done an accent about London. Um, <laughs> and she's fucking hooking up with Dane and, and Dane is like kind of suspects that she's a, a superhero in some way, which honestly, if I'm Dane and I find out she's an eternal, I'm just like, she's going to look like that forever. Yeah. And Gemma Chan is gorgeous. What a hottie. And he's like, I'm just going to get old and she's going to look like that forever. Lock it down. My guy. Yeah, dude. Lock Put a down. fucking ring on that finger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Which, you know what? For the longest time, I didn't even know that they were meant to be romantic or in love or whatever. I was just like, is a guy. What about the scene around? where he like finger blasts her under the T-Rex? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so inappropriate. <laughs> this, this is the only... <laughs> This is the only Marvel movie with a quote-unquote sex scene. 
<laughs> Which I feel like Sesame Street could have done it in a dirtier way. <laughs> My God. How dare you even insinuate they're this explaining to remotely sp- erotic They're explaining to Sprite with puppets. They're like, mommy and daddy. <laughs> they, <laughs> she's Sprite, like, I've been I'm alive 7, for 7,000 years. <laughs> yeah, but you're a bitch. So. All right. All right. It. And so, <laughs> fuck me. Sorry. So it, we've been at this for an hour already. We haven't even gotten <laughs> to the not, plot. We're not going to. Yeah. So. A, a deviant comes back and then Icarus comes back and shoots him with his eyes and he's like, oh shit, the deviant's back and they're like, oh fuck. And so, <laughs> sorry. And then... um, Basically, the gang is all separate now. They live in different yeah, parts they, of the Yeah, they're all world. doing different shit and then so they're like, oh, we gotta get the gang back together, which is yeah. classic trope. Classic. They go to South Dakota to find Ajax and she's dead a as fuck. Cowboy And dead. then Cersei, this is one of the plot points we discussed earlier, which yeah. just is kind of a deus ex machina. Cersei just gets her uh, Ajax little orb in her chest and then Arishem is like, hello, Cersei. You're my new Ajax. And Cersei's like, oh, shit. <laughs> And then Arishem explains everything we explained earlier about how all this shit worked. Yeah. And then they continue on their merry way. Like, they don't want Tiamat to emerge. And they have to gather all the Eternals so they have enough power. Right? Like, they've decided they don't want Tiamat to emerge. I think internally there's a conflict between the Eternals that um, some of them love humans and some are like, we can't, you know, go against the word of Arishem. Some of them just love being a Bollywood star. We've been given a prime directive... True. Yes. So we must follow that. But then um, main lady Gemma Chan is like, but I love it when they make stuff with flowers and I love it Gemma, when they touch. Um, Gemma Chan actually says, do you want to hear my Gemma Chan impression? Okay. Oi, <laughs> it's not good out here. I don't think Ashem's right, mate. Mia Goth, what are you doing here? <laughs> no, no, no. It's Gemma Chan. It's totally different. It's a completely different. <laughs> totally different. Yeah. Right. It's different than my Johnny Depp. It's different than all of it. Yeah. I, so they <laughs> anyway so they gather everybody we got to get through like they gather everyone and everyone is in different kind of zones of like do i want to do this essentially yeah. like this is how forgettable the fucking movie i watched this just this week but this is how forgettable all the middle bit of the film is it's just like I, so they gather and then they decide finally they're like we got to gather our energy to put tiamat back to sleep mm-hmm. barry keown can put him back to sleep yeah and then Richard Madden is like, I'm going to do my Richard Madden. Excuse me. Oi, mate. <laughs> he's he's, he's like, oi. But Rob Stark. But I'm, oi. <laughs> but it's Rob. Rob, Rob Stark. Yeah. He's like, I got to put, t- I got to follow what Ersham says. There you says. go. Ersham. And then Jon Snow. <laughs> Also, another Scott. Oi! 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 It's all right. All right. Anyway, so, but but then it turns out Icarus is like, he's like, nah, Celestial's rip. I'm down with this. <laughs> I would do what Arisham does. He killed Ajax, turns out. Yeah. Um, he's going to go forward with letting Tiamat be born from the earth. And then everyone has to stop him. Okay. And Sprite also joins him. Yeah. Because she's whatever there's the getting the gang back together is usually the more exciting part of the film when you're like yeah. oh my god 10 superheroes we did a whole episode on oceans 12 all, sc- yeah. <laughs> all scattered and then they spend like you know three and a half hours trying to get them together um barry Keen's character is one who kind of walks away from the eternals to be like i have to intervene 
in in human yeah, affairs. Yeah, he's very he's interventionist. Yeah, yeah. He he's like I can't just fucking hang around and let nine eleven happen. But they're all like, nah, let it. <laughs> Yo, why did Eternals let nine eleven happen? That's right. I I mean, this movie leaves some questions unanswered. Que- let's that's just right. say. And they're yeah. like, all good. Like, Oppenheimer, go do your thing. What's up with that? Don't. <laughs> hey, don't. Well, there's, there, there is like a very, that scene with Faustos in the ruins of Hiroshima is pretty like, <laughs> maybe we should kill humans. <laughs> maybe we well, should kill them. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I have complicated feelings about that scene. I think it's very dumb. Yeah. And it's also like, this is the one this like, the one really? you want to go with yeah and so they go to the fucking canary islands or whatever because tiamat's about to pop out of the planet party time baby and i, I like again so ha- so now all the eternals are fighting icarus and Rob the deviants and then they just kill the deviants because they're like hey stop that and they just kill and them they just kill the deviants yeah the deviants are just like pointless yeah, yeah, they're all every yeah. everything is. Uh, they're a, they're just like such a, a tool. They're a prop. They're <laughs> a just prop. like a prop. That's it. And then yeah, and then finally they harness all their power and Circe turns Tiamat to marble. C- and she does it by Captain Planeting, Power Rangering everyone's yeah. energy yeah. into herself. She does it um, using the friends she made along the way. <laughs> um, and then also, I just got to point out in that final fucking action sequence which yeah. is is not bad but like the music is oh whatever unbelievable whatever so is bad. it fucking game of thrones guys at ramen Chawadi? i don't know and then so oh. icarus feels very guilty for betraying everyone yeah and then he flies into the sun <laughs> i just want to repeat <laughs> his name is icarus and he flies into the sun. I love that they make a whole thing where they his joke name about is his name. Icarus. They do. They address it, right? They flies like, into the sun. Oh, um, Sprite made up a goofy story about Icarus like flying into the sun. Like that's just all made up. And then in the end, he does. Like Athena is supposed to be. Uh, well, Athena is supposed to be Athena. Yeah, They're all supposed whatever. to be real. Whatever. Gilgamesh is supposed figures. to be the classic Babylonian emperor, Punchy Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> Irish? <laughs> yeah. Actually in like in uh the Babylonian the ancient Babylonian language, Punchy Hardy is punchy Gilgamesh. Hardy. Yeah. Thomas Shelby's Gilgamesh other means brother. means super punch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gilga punch. Gilga punch. Gilga punch. Oh my gosh. I um at the end, I, I do like the ending where Arishem appears in the sky and he's like, I'm very disappointed in you, Cersei. And Dane was like, I was just about to fuck this chick. <laughs> <laughs> but now I have a cool sword, so I guess like, uh, I'm now I gotta be a fucking superhero, Black Knight, yeah, or whatever. Do you know the? I looked it up after. There's like a voice that talks to Jon Snow's character towards the end. Yeah, in the in the post credit scene. Yeah, the second one. Yeah, which I remember. I texted you and I promised I would watch them, and I didn't. I, I watched this the first one. Okay, but then the fucking disney plus app is so annoying that it was just forever loading and yeah. i couldn't skip ahead to it I'll and because you. i'm an old fucking man i was just like i'm fucking i'm too old <laughs> I'm for this it. all right <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm fucking i'm drunk and stoned <laughs> and i can't figure it out all right i'm scared what's i'm the, frightened <laughs> what's the post credit scene you saw uh the one with harry styles the one with harry styles the one where okay. i was fucking sure that Pat oswald was jim gaffigan <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, their voices sound so They're similar. Two sides of the same yeah. coin. Um, uh, yeah, Harry Styles makes an appearance as the brother of Thanos, uh, known as Eros. Thanos. He's meant to be like oh, the yeah. uh, perverted god of love. He's actually a really creepy guy in the comics. It's pretty cool that yeah. they had to. The only ounce of charisma in this film is in the last fucking 10 seconds when Harry Styles shows up and you're like, oh, okay. And then it says Eternals will return. The second post credit is Blade. Um, all right, fucking. <laughs> we talked about it though in, in the Morbius episode. We but mentioned the Blade, the Blade thing. We we mentioned it in old Blade movie where Morbius shows up on the rooftop. Right. So. And then we rewrote Blade One. Get out of Thank my podcast. Thank you for taking our ideas. But it's <laughs> it's cool. It's cool that they kind of hint at. Um, Jon Snow's character being a direct descendant of King Arthur and he gets the fucking sword. Fucking kill he's me. He's got magic powers. Fucking kill me. And then also now he can fight vampires alongside a Mr. Blade. It's it's so weird because like I'm into some really nerdy shit and I just cannot get behind all it's this cause, stuff. It's cuz there's know. like smaller like subgroups. It's not just all Marvel, oh, sorry, all Avengers where it's like six guys or just fucking I know, DC. I know that. I know that. And so there's like a world where uh, Blade and like five other guys have a unit. Yeah. It, it's how Guardians of the Galaxy is now split and like the raccoon has like his own team. I thought he died. No, he's a super raccoon. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. I thought he fucking died. I thought no, it was the end he of that. wrote a single called Shallow and he got a fucking Grammy for it. I mean, deservedly so. <laughs> but... I fucking, fucking hate Guardians of the Galaxy so much. <laughs> Such shit. Shout out to my guy Harish Patel. I just want to say that he was great. Uh, he plays um, as the representative of all humans. I think he knocked it out of the park. <laughs> yeah, to be perfectly. He's frank. a fucking. He's like a big Bollywood legend. I don't big know. Deal? If he's yeah. Probably he probably did like seventy five movies, and then one of his like. Well, yeah, but babe, to be fair, he filmed those in three years. That's true. <laughs> it's true. He's a machine. Yeah. Um. They. They 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 fucking gave him nothing to work with, and they made him like this stupid like a uh, fucking exposition with this the documentary v- making. No, thing. he's. I think he's he's certainly like comic relief, but in a film that there's too much comic relief already. Yeah, yeah. in a weird way, it's like weird comedy already. It's just uncomfortable, and then he comes in, and is like, oh, here's, I'm recording. Here's this the thing, shit. he's a great supporting character in the in the movie about Kingo. Yeah. But that's the thing is like this movie is about all of them yeah. and all of them, to be fair, are worthy of their own kind of story set around them. I've seen a lot of people comment that this movie should have been a fucking TV, a Disney plus TV series that because really great. like you should kind of, you kind of want to spend time with all of them. And that's really. the only way I enjoyed this film was because I watched it in an yeah. episodic way. Like it took me three days to finish it and I was like, yo, this is good. There's... They take their time to do the world building. Characters suck. Like, I don't give a shit about any of them. That's fine. Um, as long as there's, like, cool stories being told through the process. There's cool visuals. Marvel always knocks it out of the park with fucking fight scenes. The one in the forest with all the deviants. That, that's where it starts to pick up for me. So I thought I actually, good. in in retrospect, I think that's the only scene I really like. I me thought too. that was quite good. Me too. But, I mean, the special effects, I think, are pretty drab in this film. But, like, yeah. they just... They're not. They're not. They like, just seem like uncool. They're not worse than any except of the other for, Marvel except films. Except for Arishim. Except for Arishim. Arishim is fucking yeah. badass. And uh, to, can I go back a little bit? Because I did. I did kind of scoff at the idea of like Chloe Zhao comparing this to Terrence Malick. 
but a lot of I had read that before I'd seen this movie Mm. and then watching it and seeing the space scenes I was like I get it because of like Tree of Life if have you seen Tree of Life there's like these space not space scenes but there's these like vistas of space in Tree of Life what (laughs) Hugh Jackman Tree of Life yeah the Terrence Malick film oh never mind (laughs) (laughs) not not Wolverine (laughs) I heard Terrence Malick was signing on to uh, do the next Wolverine movie, though. <laughs> Wait a minute. What am I thinking of? Never mind. It's got Brad Pitt in it. Go on. But there's these like these kind of like space vistas in Tree of Life, which is, to be clear, has nothing to do with Wolverine. Yeah. Um, And, and I kind of got that from this movie. I was like, okay, I get that. And all that space stuff I thought was really cool. Yeah. But then we're like on Earth. Like one thing, yeah. One thing that drove me a little nuts, which I thought was like, it's such a nitpicky. Just to prepare everyone, it's such a stupid nitpicky thing. The scene in Babylon, I was like, why the fuck is this wall blue? Why is this whole city blue? Like it's so weird. I was like, I just don't believe it. I mean, did I was, you want it to be like sepia toned or? No, I just thought it would be the tone of the rock that they used to build the wall. Oh, then again, I guess they're Eternals, so they probably yeah. built it. But it is a little bit like, I was like, I, I, there's things that like knock you out a little bit from it. It's because yeah. Selma Hayek's outfit is blue, babe. Babe, oh. how do you not match your outfit to your house? Hey, jack yourself off. <laughs> jack off. Boom. All right. Uh, Man, we fucking... We fucking nailed it. Got ape shit <laughs> on Eternals. I just... Yeah, wow. no, th- no thoughts. Eternals. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Damn. You got a top five? I do have a top five. Oh shit. Wait, is it top five Eternals? It's it's better. It's top five evil inventions that, that were definitely created by the Eternals and not humans. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me. <laughs> okay. Number five, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was I was just saying, I was just watching uh Ingrid Goes West, which made me remember how fucking terrible instagram is you know? <laughs> yeah there you are and how how to be perfectly frank how insufferable us millennials made it oh <laughs> yeah. oh yeah we how ruined it for insufferable sure insufferable we all were for sure. so much that in the like, height of instagram we had know? to create another instagram but it's just for dancing yeah fuck yeah yeah well we all know of our fearless lizard leader <laughs> who definitely is a deviant among men mark zuckerberg um, mark zuckerberg yeah uh, <coughs> no name. I would I not name. I want him. to jizz in <laughs> all of these planets. He's it would be my dream if Meta could jizz in these planets, and I would make more I will celestials from my own. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Um, in the metaverse, instead of having legs, <laughs> you'll be able to jizz on different planets across the universe. Don't <laughs> say the J word. I've said jizz so many times in this episode, which is surprising because it's a PG-13 rated film. Yeah, well, they show it, so... (laughs) (laughs) All right, children, learn these them. Number four. Number four evil invention, Dogecoin. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of benign. It's not worth anything, so... Well, no human could have created this. I'm just confident that fucking Space Baby put a tantrum. A computer did, so... Yeah. What did Dogecoin ever do to you? <laughs> I just, I like making that strange mouth noise word. Doge. NFT. NFT. X Corp. <laughs> Go on. Doge. Number three, blue cheese. <laughs> You're right. Humans didn't invent that. It was the French. <laughs> oh, <Okay. laughs> <laughs> I don't I even know if. I'm, I apologize to the nation of France, especially Emmanuel Macron. 
Um, Except for Blue I've r- I've ridden in an Airbus and it was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I don't. It's true. I don't even know if the French invented that. No, it was just um, you bacteria. Know what, you know what I bet it was? Oh, those fucking Belgians. They always get away with that shit, and then the French take the blame. I just I have a feeling this must be like an American invention though. Blue cheese? Yeah, because they're always fucking eating it with hot wings or whatever. Blue cheese no, with that's, wings that, that, fucking they, like, they bastardized it. That, I th- maybe. Yeah, yeah. Just like French fries? Created by Belgians. It's the not American? French get the credit. French fries? No, they were created by... That's the word in Belgium, and I keep my nose to Ooh. the grindstone <laughs> yeah. and Belgium rumors. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you you just pulled out your I'm, Belgium diary. I'm constant. You know you know how I am. I'm constantly checking up what's going on in Belgium. This is the noise you make when you pull out your Dutch. <laughs> Page fifty six. Fries. <laughs> when my inevitably when I die and my diary is released to the Royal British Museum because everyone thinks I'm British. Um, there it's gonna be like it's gonna be like oh he did this on this day and then he took notes about Belgium. Yeah, fries <laughs> but, question mark. He's like in Belgium today. <laughs> yeah. You wrote in it like memento style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mental. <laughs> Great. Number two, selfie sticks. I just don't like them. I mean. It's such an old complaint. I feel like I'm 90 y- years old. You know old. what, though? I I have a controversial thing about selfie sticks. Oh, shit. They never really took off. Oh, maybe not here. I think. I think wh- why? Have you been other places? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been out. <laughs> I've been out of this I've house. I've been out, yeah. I've been out and about. Yeah, it was a big, 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 big thing in Asia. I remember even like fucking Singapore, India, fuck Thailand, wherever you go, anywhere there's like a flood of tourists yeah. with large families, you got to get them all in the shot. True. You're not going to hand your phone so, over to a stranger because we're all thieves. So like, I remember I remember when the selfie stick was created. As a millennial who ruined the planet, <laughs> I remember when the selfie stick was created and there was lots of like stir and drag about being like, are selfie sticks indicative of the failure of humanity? And yeah. like shit like, you know, fucking people writing on the internet who had oh, nothing yeah, else to write yeah, about, yeah. just writing for clicks, even, you know, whatever. <laughs> but they were just kind of like, are we failing as a society because people invented selfie sticks? And then they kind of like, they never became like crazy ubiquitous. And no. now every time I see someone with a selfie stick, I'm just kind of like, Practical. <laughs> practical <laughs> yeah. because you have space in this country for other people to have I guess personal so. space. But, but everywhere that I personally see a selfie stick is in somewhere very crowded. Yeah. You know, and like, it's like in, in a, someone's in a, elbow. No, it's like in a tourist place. It's yeah. like very crowded. So And yeah. it's just like three meters over your head. You know where I see them a lot? Belgium. No. You <laughs> know what? I'm just salty because I am never in anyone's selfie stick picture. So what's the deal? I'm upset I've never touched one. <laughs> oh, you missed it out. Yeah. Okay, then you're you're um, excused from this evil invention. Number one most evil invention that's definitely made by aliens. Netflix's Love Is Blind <laughs> reunion episodes. <laughs> Fucking Satan Lachey herself, man. Yeah, man, the devil. They Lachey. got they got it's like Arishem Lachey. It's all like an anagram. Yeah. Of the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I've noticed that too. What's up? And I don't. I just. I don't think we should talk too much more about it because. No. I don't want to risk our lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. This fucking movie, man. Not bad. Not bad, dude. But I know also, we shat on it the whole time, but like, well, it's. I like it. The thing is, is like, all of the problems are so much worse than all of the good things are good. Yeah. And the th- as I said at the beginning, it's it's so inoffensive. 
And yeah. I think that's what's so frustrating about it. Boring. It's kind of like, I think Chloe Zhao is going to continue to make great work. Mm. And it's kind of like, I want, I want to see Chloe Zhao's like fucking home run hit, you know, whether it makes it or not, you know? Yeah. I want to see her try. And it's also nice and, that they're outside and, of Marvel. Yeah. And, but I also, I get, I understand. So a lot of criticism gets leveled at the film industry in general, where, you know, directors will make like a small indie and then someone's like, Hey, how would you like to make a $250 million film? And while I think that is a systemic issue, I'm also kind of like, well, who says no? Like, yeah. why would you say no to that? Yeah. Right. Like, um, the, the woman who's doing, who did, um, Candyman, mm-hmm. Nia DaCosta. Mm-hmm. I believe she's doing a big Marvel. Really? And Candyman was a decent sized film. It was like a mid film. But she's doing, I think, the, the Marvels. Marvel? I think she's doing the Marvels. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. the thing is, like, Candyman was fine. And Nia, Co- Nia DaCosta is a good director. Yeah. And I always, my kind of, my criticism is always like, well, I wish they were free to do other things. On the other hand, if I was in their situation, I'm not saying no to that. No, look, I'm not saying imagine no to that the money. Shit. Imagine the money. Imagine the... But imagine the idea of being like, I have $200 million to make Play a with. film. Yeah. But really, yeah. like, yeah. you, as Dana Stevens says, it gets in the way of auteurship. Yeah. yeah. When they say a movie, you have $200, $200 to make this movie, is part of that also including the actor's salaries and stuff? I, I don't know. It's not clear. It's I've never, never been sure. And then and then when sometimes yeah. actors are like, yeah, I the, charge 50 million for this. The the only the only thing I'm sure about which I've heard from multiple sources in the entertainment industry is that you can never really trust the budget mm. that people that is like out on the general web. Okay. You never really trust it. Yeah, yeah. It's never like fully accurate, but you know, getting a ballpark figure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like actors when they post their height on IMDb. Yeah, and and their dick length. <laughs> six feet, nice try, Tom Cruise. <laughs> six foot, six foot inches, six foot. What does that mean? <laughs> is this Ethan Hawke yet? Is all right. Horizontal. Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for everything I said today. <laughs> I just some I, actors are. I had a couple beers. That's horizontal. All. Maybe I'm better at it. Maybe I'm better now. Yeah. That I'm, yeah. What's up? All right. Thank you for listening. Was this did this podcast last an, et- an eternal amount of time? I don't care if it did. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I've been John. And if you stuck through, I'm crazy. Bye. Bye. <laughs>